foodie. 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 not a foodie studio which is not actually a studio it's my dining room table in queens new york it's the not a foodie show i am tommy alley and with me as always is it's mike moranti happy new year happy yeah this is our first of the new year mm-hmm. first, first 20... in like a month yeah okay good first of 2020 i think the last episode we did was about uh holiday gift giving right so mm-hmm. so that would make sense um mike how was your new year um it was good i i made a friend <laughs> if anyone um, does not follow Mike on Instagram, uh, Mike, why don't you tell them who you met on New Year's Eve? Yeah, so uh, you know, New Year's Eve is a time where everyone goes out, has a nice meal before they go out to party or whatever. So um, not everybody, but yeah. my my friend came to visit me. It was really nice. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones, the New York Giants quarterback, him and a couple of his buddies from Duke came for dinner. We put him in the private dining room. That's because they weren't. They had nothing better to do. You know, they weren't uh, resting up for any games or anything like that because the Giants stink and they are out of the playoffs but go ahead. well it was he was the only giant everyone else was just a duke football guy it was from duke yeah cool. um they facetimed rj barrett which was pretty like absurd <laughs> like, i was like you guys just live in a totally different world than i live in how did you recognize him first of all uh so the reservation was under his name oh okay uh and then the major d came up to me and was like hey daniel jones is coming do you want me to put him in your section i was like Yes. Did you say who's Daniel Jones? No. What? I don't know. I don't. Know. You're not a football fan. I'm a sports fan. You're a sports fan. Yeah. But and like, oh, the guy that looks like Eli Manning, but isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Eli Junior. Yeah. Um. Well, that's cool. What? So, what did they? Did they order well? I don't want to know the details. This isn't a yeah. No. So they they, I just they um they ordered well. They asked me what was good. I told them what was good. That remember when you came and we had the uh, the wild boar parpadel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's off Good the stuff. menu, but on uh, New Year's Eve they did a wild boar fettuccine. Okay. So I told them to get that and short rib and like, yeah, they ordered good. They ordered what I told them to order. <laughs> nice. You steered them in the right direction. I did a shot with them. <laughs> what, what was the shot of? Uh, Don Julio Blanco. Oh, okay. Yeah. By the way, the jingling, I don't know if you can hear the jingling in the background. That's my dog, Julep, who is... Hanging out with us for the day. But yeah, now he follows me on Instagram. And you're best friends. And we're best friends. And I made a chorizo carbonara and t- called it Daniel Jones Carbonara <laughs> and tagged him in it. And he said, I'm so honored. Let's go. There's there's no reason why you called it a Daniel Jones Carbonara. Because I met him the day before. Just because you met him the day before. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, my New Year's was um, spent at home with a bunch of screaming kids and uh, barking dogs and we always have just a big party. And porchetta. I made a giant porchetta. I went and got a whole pork belly and uh, slow roasted it and then crisped up the skin. And it really, it was like the hit of the evening. Everybody loved it. I sent people home the next morning with slices for sandwiches and what, some nice bread. What were bread. the sides? The accoutrement? Oh, I don't even remember. What did I do? Like I did like verde? Some apples? No, no, no. I did absolutely. No, it was very, it was an Italian style porchetta. So it was stuffed with like um, with fennel and lots of garlic um hazelnuts no, and i didn't put any i didn't put any nuts in it um chestnuts and then i you know i rolled it tight i roasted it um and then i think we just served it oh you know what we did we went and bought a whole bunch of like ciabatta rolls mm-hmm. and i um charred a bunch of broccoli rabe 
Oh, so like we just did it. We put it out on the table. We figured if anyone wants to sit down at the table and have like a sit down dinner, that's awesome. But if not, you just slice it up and make it into a sandwich and sort of walk around with it. Um, We also we had a ton of appetizers. I had a friend of mine um, who I asked him to bring some charcuterie and he came home. He came over to my house with like a pound of like really good prosciutto and like a hundred dollars worth of other cheeses and things like that. It was insane. It's a good friend. Yeah. And then we got oysters from uh shout out to Pecanic Gold Oysters. Um, we went over and got a really got a, just like 50 oysters from them, set up a little shuck it yourself oyster bar. Shuck it yourself oyster bars are always a hit. I'm learning. I feel like it, it matters the room. Because, like, if I'd set that up, none of my – one or two of my friends would be shucking oysters. Well, but that's it. If you teach one person how to shuck an oyster, and they ma- they'll master it after two or three oysters, and then everybody else will come over and want to learn how to shuck an oyster, and that's it. So I started I started out, I shucked, like, a dozen oysters, right? And then I taught a couple people how to shuck oysters, and then that was it. I walked away from the from the shucking table for the rest of the night, and all of a sudden, there's just oysters being handed out everyone. Everyone's everywhere. Everyone's learning how to shuck oysters, and that's the way to do it. I'd be afraid that there'd be, like, a, a drunk shucking uh, accident. There, I mean, there's always someone always loses a finger. It exactly. just happens. You don't lose a finger. You'll you'll just puncture yourself and, of your pinky. and sever you know just a tendon or something. But that's the price of eating no a good more pinky nail oyster. Oysters pulled out of the water that day, so it was like it was perfect. It was it was a really good like little appetizer. So that was my New Year's. Um, nice. So let's. You want to get into food news? It's food news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to record that. We need to like. Record the jingle um, so I can just play it so mm-hmm. you don't have to sing it every time. I, although I do like the sponta- spontaneity <laughs> of your singing. Um, so do, I, have, I have a couple things that I want to talk about um, that came up that I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, number one, Yelp, uh, just like yesterday, I think it was, Yelp named the number one um, eatery in the United States. According to Yelp reviews, so in the entire United States, the entire United States. Um, I'm gonna go with um, the Ruby Tuesdays in Biloxi, Mississippi. <laughs> no, according to Yelp, and this this is let me just preface this by saying, um, this restaurant has um nearly 500 reviews this year that were perfect five stars. Um, there are no one star reviews or lower for this. Or you for can't this have lower. You can't. There are no one star reviews for this. Um, and it is in California, and it is a food truck. Oh, good. Yeah, called the Shawarma Guys. It's a Mediterranean Middle Eastern food truck. Um, that are makes, they, are they, they use in San like, Francisco or L.A.? No, they're in San Diego. Oh, never mind. San Diego. They do uh, shawarma fries with wagyu beef shawarma, and they just are. Really, really just amazing people that uh, put out a really good product that everybody loves. So number one eatery, according to Yelp in the United States, is a food truck in San Diego. Shout out to the shawarma guys, but fuck Yelp. Okay. That's, there we go. <laughs> Cut to the chase. Um, I, I mean, I, I love that they named this uh, or that they named. I love that this is the number one place on Yelp. Me I, too. I feel like, I, like it's... People that eat there say it's really authentic. It appeals to people who are looking for authentic food, but also people who are, you know, less adventurous. You don't get a, you don't get to be the number one Yelp rated restaurant in the United States by not appealing to the masses. So I love that they appeal to the masses, but also there are a bunch of quotes in this article that I read 
um, where people who are from like you know Bahrain are they they eat there and they say this is the most authentic that we, you know we've had. And so sounds awesome. It's awesome. Anyway, so just that's it's an interesting tidbit. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, it's not you know heavy news. I figured we'd start off. The yeah, new no, year I think we should start off with light stuff. With something my, light stuff. My stuff is not light. Oh, okay. So what's your food news? Is it about rape and murder or? Uh, kind of. It's about uh, the w- French wine tariffs that our president imposed. The, right now it's a Did 20- they impose them? Yeah. No, no, a- no. But they're talking about. So uh, it's so a 25% tariff that might go up to a 100% tariff. And yeah. if it becomes a 100% tariff, nobody will be able to afford wine. Right. Um, and Imported this doesn't wine. hurt. Companies like Southern and Empire that have more money than God. This and those hurts. are those are the big distributors. Those are the two biggest importers, distributors in the United States. Right. This hurts the small mom and pop distributors that carry like 10 brands and they just like, this is what their passion is. Yeah. And they're, yeah, they're in it to make money, but they're not making a billion dollars a year selling wine from 10 states. Yeah. I mean, and but like the purpose of tariffs are to protect, well, to protect, you know, stuff that's that's created inside the that's produced inside mm-hmm. you know your borders um i i, I mean yeah i guess people will dr- buy more prosecco people are going to stop drinking champagne and drink prosecco and it's very sad cuz there's well, nothing gonna, better than champagne but they'll also be drinking you know crap wines yeah that's and they're also going to be drinking um they'll they'll be drinking wines that, that there's no experimentation and are producing in the united states I mean, I don't know that we can produce enough wine for the amount of wine that we drink. I feel like this well, will drive no, I mean, our prices up as well, well right? For California so, wines and Oregon wines. Well, California wines are very, very good. California wines, expensive. Affordable California wine, I feel like, is not very good. I don't really drink California. Right. Um, Washington State, I'll drink. Oregon, I'll drink. Uh, Italy, maybe you'll see a lot more Italian stuff because there really are some great steals from Italy with like these obscure grapes that people aren't familiar with. With the tariffs, it, the, the tariffs are just for French, French wines. Right yeah. Now. Okay. Uh, right they're, now. They're saying that Le Creuset is going to get uh, screwed over too because they're a French company. It's on French, more than just like wine. Yeah. Um, And then like you have Chile and Argentina. Um, But it's it's really sad because like say what you want about um, the French. There's nothing better than champagne and white burgundy. There, okay. There's no comparable wine. Well, I mean, so what do you think? What What do you think is going to happen? Do you have any? I know we have some friends. Like, what? Who's Sam. we had Sam, who is a Sam's friend of the podcast, like really been on the podcast, talking about it a lot. Give out, uh, give a shout out. What's his shout social out information? Sam Doyle at Sam O'Man uh, Wine Texts Wine Texts with an S. Uh, he's heading that up. I get a text from them every day with a crazy deal of wine. That was free press, Sam. Free advertising, free Sam. Advertisement. Um, so yeah, I just it's something to be on the lookout for. Uh, I hope it stops quicker than anything else starts. It's not good. Okay. Um, do we do we have uh, another news article? You have another one? Uh, I, no. I got one more. Okay. I have I have one more. Um. See the the CEO of Borden. Um, do you know Borden Dairy? That's the company yeah, yeah, that makes all the second, milk. Yeah, yeah, second biggest one, right? They just yeah. filed bankruptcy. Filed bankruptcy. Um, pretty much America's biggest milk producers are all filing for bankruptcy, and there are. It's a restructure, though, right? Well, I mean, when you file for bankruptcy, a restructure is a fancy way of saying that we're closing shit down and we're firing a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, you file you, you file for bankruptcy so that you get protection from your you know debts, and usually it means that the working man is <laughs> is laid off. Yeah. Um, so there there are two really really big factors of why veganism. Well, veganism is one of them, but it's not just veganism. It's just a, a distaste for milk. Yeah, like, milk sucks. Well, <laughs> people aren't drinking milk. People aren't drinking animal based milk yeah, anymore. Milk sucks. Like I think I, there's something over over the course of a year, oat milk. Like was oh my god, what's the one? Oatly? Yeah, the, that one. They are everywhere. Yeah. It's crazy. So people just are not drinking um, as much milk as they were in like the 70s or even the 90s. You know, 20, 30 years ago, people were drinking a lot more wine. Um, they a lot more wine. I'm sorry, a lot more milk. <laughs> um, now they're not. So there's that. But another issue are the big box stores like Costco's and Costco's stuff? and Walmart's and they're making and their own like milk that and cheese? they are buying up their own dairy farms. Oh, wow. So instead of, you know, Borden or any of these big, you know, traditional milk companies buying instead of like, you know, Walmart buying their product, Walmart now owns dairy farms and those dairy farms are just to churn out to satisfy the demand of Walmart customers. So. You know, the big independent dairies are sort of, or the big companies, they're not really independent. The big, mm-hmm. you know, traditional dairy companies are, are all declaring bankruptcy. It's just a, it's a shift in taste. It's a shift in economics. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a milk person. I eat yogurt and I eat cheese. Yeah. And like the, have you ever had like the coconut milk yogurt? They can't technically call it yogurt. So because they, it's not made with dairy. Yeah. It's excellent. Um, vegan cheese is gross though. Vegan cheese? Yeah. So like, that's the one. Vegan I, cheese is like grainy, isn't it? It's, yeah. I, I'm not, I, I pretty much don't care what you eat. If you tell me you're vegan, I'll cook you a vegan meal. If you tell me right. you're not vegan, I'll make you whatever. Um, and I just, I don't like milk. So like if I have something in my house, it will be like, um, I also drink my coffee black, so I don't really drink milk. Yeah. But if I do, it'll be like, uh, almond milk or something. It won't be, uh, Dairy, like just because milk. of how I prefer it, right? Uh, but cheese, I'll never stray from. Yeah, well, and there's a lot of milk that goes into making cheese. There's yeah. a lot of milk that goes into like one little well, thing of cheese. Is I think of like a, a 25 pound wheel of Parmigiano Reggiano, and like how I mean, much? That's that's you know, <laughs> that's ten cows in a lifetime right there. Um, but yeah, so it's I think it's just interesting. It's it's something that. Uh, um, something that is, like I said, it's a shift in tastes, but it's also a shift in the economies of, of how people, of how stuff is produced and it's fascinating. Um, so that's that you want to, uh, want to talk about California love. <laughs> so Mike and I are, um, we're on our way next week, the end of next going, week. We're going back, back to Kelly, Kelly. So we're doing um, the Winter Fancy Food Show. We already did the Summer Fancy Food Show here in New York. The Winter Fancy Food Show is in... California, California, dreaming on such a winter's day. It's, it's, in, it's in San, Fran- San Francisco. <laughs> so- I'm so, done now. That was you're it. done? Yeah. Are you finished? <laughs> I think so. California. <laughs> Can you auto-tune your voice? <laughs> no, that I'm already. <laughs> um, 
So we're going to be at the Winter Fancy Food Show. Um, so if anyone is listening, that's going to be at the Winter Fancy Food Show in California. In where? San Francisco. In San Francisco. Um, we're going to be there. It's where we talk about food trends and eat. talk to a whole I'm bunch just going to eat so much prosciutto. Importers and exporters and blah, blah, if blah, blah. If you're a prosciutto importer, come find me. Yeah, or we'll find you. <laughs> you don't have to find us. We'll find you. Uh, um, so we're doing that, but um, we're also... Mike was like, I have never been to L.A. And I was like, well, I'm going to be in California. I'm going to be in San Francisco. So I was thinking about going to visit some friends in L.A. And I have a couple meetings in L.A. So we're also uh, taking the Not A Foodie show to Los Angeles. If anybody knows Roy Choi and could set me up with him, I, I would like to meet him. Like on a date? No, like at Kogi. I want to just oh, like crush okay. some uh, tacos with him. Sounds good. Well, I guess so. Like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to spend the whole thing talking about you know Tom and Mike's upcoming trip to California. But if anyone has like must eats in San Francisco or LA, if anyone wants to meet for like a drink or a meal, hit us up at Not a Foodie Show on Twitter and Instagram, and at Timmy Alley T M I A L E at Mike Moranti. If you have any friends that do what we do, but on the West Coast, so food culture podcast, restaurant podcast, uh, video, anything like that, I'd love to. Uh, Lincoln build, as they say. Sounds good. <laughs> well, so this is, I, I mean, it's a business trip going to San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. Like going and being at the fancy food show. It's sort of a eating slash business trip going to, and visiting friends trip going to Los Angeles. So I wanted to talk about food and food travel. Because mm-hmm. I know that, you know, you and I both. Tra- food is a big part of why I go to places. Right, right, right. Where did you go this past year? I went to Costa Rica, which was Costa not Rica. for food. Not Costa, Costa Rica is not Costa a food Rica place. does not have food. They have food, but they do not have like, oh my god, this is food. Right, right. But you went to before that Thailand, I mean, Thailand, yeah. and, which is you, know, you which can't find amazing. bad food exactly. Um, and I, I mean, this past year, you I was Austin. in Austin. I was in Australia for a few weeks, and um, I like to travel for food. Um, so what are do you have any plans for for this year coming up? Yeah, so I want to do more uh na- not international uh domestic travel okay um so i was before we got the fancy food show stuff my plan was to go to like the dr or puerto rico for a couple of days just to like chill in nice weather mm-hmm. but then we're doing this so i was like okay we'll do a week in california terrible like <laughs> um so i would like to do i think nola is number one on my list i can't believe like i want to punch you in your face every know, time you say that you haven't been that to New ha- and we've been doing this show for so long and i still haven't gone i know and i wanted to punch you in the face yeah. the first time we brought it up that yeah. you haven't been to new orleans so cause... like i'm pretty sure nola is number one and austin would be number two uh, I, that's less of a punch in the face that's more like a slap in the face yeah i mean like austin kind of came to fruition the, the last like 10 years like hey, yeah maybe. No, nobody okay. was talking about food in austin texas 20 years ago i was okay i'm just saying but like people have been talking but i was about, also going to austin 20 yeah. years ago so. people have been talking about food in new orleans since like forever <laughs> since <laughs> since forever since uh the blacksmith shop opened up <laughs> yeah so that i think that's my one and two um I don't have any bachelor parties or anything coming up this year. So there's, I, I did Vegas last year too for a bachelor party. Okay, Vegas has got decent food. Oh, I we did this incredible, incredible Mikasa in Vegas. Um, everything was like fine, like good to great in the food scene. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, that that's my plan is to do Nola. I, I guess I'm saying it right now. I'm going to New Orleans sometime this year. 
Do it. Yeah. New Orleans is a perfect. Um, Probably I mean, in the fall, I can, right? I don't think like summer will so be good. You, no, the summer sucks because it's so hot. So gross. But yeah. the fall is perfect. But you have to watch out for hurricane season in the fall. So that's that's a big thing. So I I've been a number of times. I don't even know how many. I can't count to New Orleans. I recently my most recent trip there was a few years ago, and it was during uh, Christmas season. And I had never been like it was be- between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I had never been that time of year. And it was awesome. It's less crowded. It's still really warm out. Um, there's everything I just is all for decked Thanksgiving. up. I should just have yeah, my just Thanksgiving go. in a hotel in New Orleans. Totally, just go. Um, but you know, so it's. I think no matter what time of year you go, you're going to deal with different things. But mm-hmm. it's generally awesome. I also feel like I could eat my way through New Orleans and take two weeks doing it. But I also feel like a four-day weekend is like, yeah, that's a good starter point. That That's what I would plan on doing, like four days down there. Like I did two or three days last time I was there, and my wife had never been. So we did like a food tour one day where we ate. We just crammed everything. I mean, everything from like pralines to muffalettas to, you know, po' boys to like going to Anton's for dinner and like places, uh, all Antoine. of that stuff. And Tuam's. Um we did all of that stuff in like one day and we were fat and gross. And then we were drinking hurricanes with Joe Montana at Patty O'Brien's <laughs> that night. And it was disgusting, but, but does he follow you on Instagram. <laughs> you know, does he know what Instagram is? <laughs> I feel like he's got that sketchers money. He doesn't need to be on Instagram. Um, but, yeah, New Orleans is a great place. Um, you know, I didn't tell you this, I don't think. We're going to Norway um, in August. Yeah, you told me you were looking to do it. Yeah, so or, we're doing that. Yeah. With the whole family, right? The whole family's going. My my in-laws are going. My mm-hmm. wife's family, um, half of her side of the family is uh, from Norway. They have relatives there. They grew up in the Norwegian section of Brooklyn in Bay Ridge and in like the 1950s, 40s and 50s, it was in 60s, I guess, was very Norwegian. So and they still have the Norwegian Day Parade there and stuff in Bay Ridge. But so that's where they grew up. Um, recently, my mother-in-law and father-in-law over the last 10 years, they went to Norway and discovered all of their relatives. Then they went back again and they want to take us. So it's going to be a nice trip. Um, we're going to go for probably like 10 days and. I've been looking at the food stuff. There's not a lot of like crazy gourmet stuff, but I'm really into like the fishing, like the fresh fish and all of that stuff. But so. like all those crazy weird like two Michelin star restaurants in Brooklyn. No, th- yeah, those are those are Nordic, but they're not Norwegian. Okay. A lot of them are like um, Denmark and you know mm. places like that. Copenhagen is is huge for those types of Nordic cuisines. Yeah, I look. Shout th- out Renee. <laughs> but um. I think that there's uh, – I'm just interested in, in, like, really getting involved in, like, the food scene there and just seeing what is there. I'm going to spend the next three, four months doing research on it and trying to get reservations. So, hey, if anybody's in Norway and uh, is anyone listens to this in Norway, give me some recommendations. Um, where are some other places that you want to go just – that you've heard about, like, that are up-and-coming places? Because I have two that – um, are like that have popped up recently a few times in Maine. There's like oh Portland, yeah Portland, yeah. Maine, yeah it's awesome, it's, yeah, and it's it has popped up as uh, like maybe over the past eight or nine years, mm-hmm. like it's becoming really really you know it's 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 sort of 
had a little bit of a renaissance, but maybe over the past four years, it's like people are discovering it. And it's a great little seaside town. It's um, You've been to Greenport. Yeah. It's Greenport times 100 it's with... Greenport, but a, a city. Yeah, yeah, but a city. Um, so it's... It's really good, really good seafood, really good like pub stuff. Really, I mean, yeah, I just I've heard just very good things about it, Portland. <laughs> yeah, I one of the things that um was that one of yours? No, no, no. Oh. One of the things that um popped up on one of my lists was um Hobart, Australia, which oh, I've I'm been only to Australia. talking about domestic. Oh, oh I don't, yeah, I, yeah. Eh. <laughs> I mean, domestic. I there's a lot of stuff that's happening in like the Midwest that I want to check out. Detroit. Detroit, Milwaukee, actually. Milwaukee is starting to, to have, like, this really weird renaissance of, like, um, you know, all of the stuff that New York had 10 years ago with celebrity butchers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee's doing that, but in a very Midwestern way, non-pretentious way, and they're making some really delicious foods there. Hmm. That's what I've read. Um, so Hobart, Australia. Hobart is in Tassie, Tasmania. Mm-hmm. So it's in Australia. Um, and it popped up on a list and I have some friends that are from Hobart and they have never mentioned to me that Hobart has become like this crazy little foodie. But I feel like that's very Australian. It's like, yeah, you know, the, the restaurant's fine, whatever. Well, like, I mean, it's not easy to get to Hobart. It's like, you don't fly. You, you go down, you take a ferry from the tip of Australia and it's like, I don't know. It takes you, you know, overnight ferry. I guess it is. It's like what? an eight, or eight hour ferry or something I like that. I always forget how big Australia is because no map actually shows how big oh, it actually is. But I guess there's, um, there was some, there was some museum that opened up there, you know, in the last decade that is like some really creative, the museum of the old and the new, I guess it's called. And it's this really creative museum there. And it spurred this sort of interest in, being creative with restaurants and art and it, it is that's great. awesome yeah and so uh, all of my australian friends why have you not told me about this and why didn't you force me to go to hobart when i was there you know six months ago um so anyway yeah hobart is a food city that i would like to go to i'm just trying to look at it on google maps <laughs> where it is Google Maps does this thing where it thinks I'm trying to drive somewhere. It's like, no, I just want to see where. You're currently looking up oh, where Hobart is. Ver- okay. Yeah, I mean, it's Antarctica. Like, after Hobart. Oh, I'm... it's so far from the rest of the world. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I guess New Zealand is if you go a little bit to the east, but. No, it is. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else. It it, it, I mean, in southern Australia, like, we've seen penguins. Like, southern Australia is like. You know, it, the jump off point to Antarctica. It is so far. I know. I mean, you can't get further from New York. <laughs> and, you know, you anywhere you you could be in like <laughs> Papua New Guinea, which isn't far. And it is very far. Like, we have friends. So we have friends that are in Melbourne and their kids are the same age as our kids. And we're trying to figure out a place. Our kids are best friends with their friends. Like, you know, Thailand. long distance friends. Take your kids to Thailand. I know. We're trying to figure out places where we can meet halfway. And like the the, the best option is probably like the japan or the middle east and we're not going to the middle east so it's probably japan i'll probably end up in a couple of years I mean, taking it, my kids and meeting their, their kids in japan it's definitely not halfway though no it's not <laughs> it's not ha- halfway is probably like italy yeah i mean we're half, it's a little bit further for them to go to italy hawaii is not bad hawaii is hawaii probably is halfway is, is like halfway but i don't want to go to hawaii i feel like i don't ugh. 
I don't know. No, Hawaii's sick. Hawaii has just as good sushi as Japan does. Yeah, I know, but I've been to Japan and I've been to French Polynesia. Like, I don't know why I would go to Hawaii. Hawaii, I've been to, I've seen the beauty in French Polynesia. Um, I've gotten better food in French Polynesia than I'll probably get in Hawaii. I don't think so. Yeah? Yeah. Hawaii, ha- like, you're getting a Pacific Ocean fish. Yeah, but like I said, I've been to French Polynesia. I've been to Tahiti. I'm oh. getting that, that stuff, too. I've been to Japan as well. Yeah. I've been to, you know. I, I would... I think you're a little low on Hawaii. I'm work, very low on I Hawaii. I work with a guy who's from Hawaii, and um, his background's all in high-end sushi and sake. Yeah. And he, like, loves Hawaii. I will – so I, I, there's, I have nothing against Hawaii. I just feel like when I, when I think of a place to go that I'm going to have to travel that far for, I think of all of the other places in my mind that I think would be better – that I could travel that same distance for. I, I mean, the way I was saying that I want to do a lot of domestic travel, my next uh, thing's going to be New Orleans. Mm-hmm. My next international travel is either going to be I'm going to go back to Italy or I'm going to go to Hanoi. Okay. So I, I'm like really – I love Asia. Yeah. I mean, travel around Asia is uh, – it's definitely a different, a different experience. Um, I I'm due for a European. I'm due for Italy. I haven't been to Italy in a decade. It's, yeah, I went it's to Italy. Been 10 years. I went to Italy right after college. I was like dumb and didn't know anything about food, and now I know so much. And like I, I can speak Italian food. So. <laughs> what did you say? Is that... I can, they they ask me. They're like, "Oh, parlo italiano." I'm like, "No, parlo cibo." Parlo cibo. <laughs> manja, manja. You, you can talk with your when, hands. When I had a mustache for November, um. <laughs> I was like, I can pronounce the regions and the food and everything well. So this Italian guest was like, oh, where did you learn your Italian? I was like, I don't speak Italian. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, I speak like, wor- I know like words, but I don't speak Italian. Like, <laughs> by any- he's like, oh, well, your accent's so good. I'm like, it's the mustache. It's, <laughs> it's the stash. And a, a Neapolitan table just ordered an Italian to me. I was like, what? And you're, and you're just going, see, 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 He's like, I'm hey, sorry, see, you, see, see. you look so Italian. I'm like, it's the mustache. <laughs> and as soon as the mustache went, none of that happened. <laughs> yeah. People talk to you in Yiddish now. <laughs> when I worked at Christos and my hair was long, people would just start shouting to me. Greek, Greek. Greek. Like, yeah, no. It's the same, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's that. Mike, you want to take a break and talk about drinks? Yeah. All right. We'll be back in like a second because we don't have commercials anymore. <laughs> Bye. So, Mike, what yeah. are you going to drink? Do you have a cocktail uh, that you would like to drink? Yeah, uh, it's called an Old Flame. An Old fl- It's not an Old Fashioned. It's, no, it's so not it, a Flaming Mo. It's Moe. an Old Pal Rick. Oh, okay. So, I've done an Old Pal. Old Pal is rye, campari, and dry vermouth. So, mm-hmm. it's like a Boulevardier riff, which is a Negroni riff. Yeah. So, this is an Old Pal riff because you take the campari, this is rye, and dry vermouth. Like, this, yeah. this is like fish level of riffs. <laughs> And then Go you ahead. just you add a little bit of yellow chartreuse. Fish the band did anyway. Yeah. I don't know if anyone got that. And that's it. So I'm sorry. I was yeah. Uh, you're just talking I, over me. I was regaling in my old my own joke. So rye, campari, dry vermouth, and yellow chartreuse. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. So rye, campari, and dry vermouth is an old pal, and that's like one of my two like go to cocktails because mm-hmm. any place can usually make it. And then they just add a little bit of yellow chartreuse to it. It's excellent. Cool. Well, I mean, my drink um, is. Something that I drank a few of these over the break. It's called the obituary. <laughs> Have you heard of it? No. Does it's, it kill it, you? It's an absinthe martini. So it's a gin martini that you use um, a quarter ounce of dry vermouth and a quarter ounce of absinthe. 
So two mm. ounces of gin, you do dry vermouth and absinthe. Um, it's elevated a little bit. Yeah, it elevates it. It gives it a little bit of an anise, and mm-hmm. you know, sort of taste. Um, that, I, you know, black licorice taste. I I found that very like you know holiday Christmassy. I uh, feel like I would do it as a like a rinse instead of a. I do that a lot with with other cocktails, like mm-hmm. you know, like a Sazerac does uses yeah. that as is supposed to use it as a risk rinse. But I actually like the taste of absinthe. Mm. Um, we gin so, and absinthe. Is weird, but I feel like I would like it. Oh yeah, I mean it's there. It's just botanicals. Like yeah. absinthe is a botanical. It's you know it's fennel. It's mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it really goes well with the gin. And if you use a very floral gin, I think we were making them with Hendrix. Um, nothing like really fancy, just like a Hendrix, which mm-hmm. is a little bit more floral. And we like them so much. Uh, Kristen and I, my wife and I, um, like them so much that we started making them. Uh, when we didn't have absinthe around, we made them with Pernod because uh, close enough. Yeah, it was close enough. Um, so yeah, the obituary: two ounces of gin, a quarter ounce of dry vermouth, and a quarter ounce of absinthe. Um, and that was it. So that was my my holiday cocktail, the obituary. Nice, nice. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for another episode of the Not a Foodie Show. First of twenty twenty. First of twenty twenty. Big things coming in twenty twenty. Sure. If you haven't watched our YouTube show, go and watch it. Oh my god, I can't believe we didn't. It took us this long to plug that. Yeah. Go watch No Fucking ZD NFZ No Fn ZD on Just YouTube. Search Not a Foodie on YouTube. Is yeah, the best way it's to on find the Not it. a Foodie channel on YouTube. Um, do you know? I was looking at the analytics. You know which episode? Guess which episode gets the most clicks? Uh. Well, the meatball episode's the first episode. Yeah, so. but that's not it. Okay, the Brajol. Nope. No. Carmela's uh, ZD. Really? The big ZD episode. Nice. It like, it, I think people love the other two, the other episodes, the meatball and the Brajol episode, but the big ZD episode has got good like search value. People are always looking up like Artie Bucco and yeah. <laughs> things like that. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that's got uh, that. That's a good one. Anyway, so go check out, subscribe to our channel, subscribe to our podcast. Um, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at T Mialli. Uh, Mike at Mike Moranti. Oh Mike my Maranti. god! So at I, not a foodie show. Yo, so I made a TikTok. Oh yeah, just to make one. Yep. And some little child from like, I don't know where, like uh, uh, Asia. Yeah, but like um, like Malaysia or like Vietnam, like like down okay. there, like Southeast. Asia. Yeah, has at Mike Moranti, a little child who makes oh, yeah? lip-syncing TikToks and only has like six viewers. So I had to do Mike.Moranti, and I hate this kid. And I want to, oh. the way Anakin does the younglings. Yeah. You know yeah. what you sound like? You sound like an old person talking about why they couldn't get their Instagram handle. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm an <laughs> yeah. old person talking about why I couldn't get my yes, TikTok handle. You sound handle. Like, like my mom talking about why, you know, M. Miali was taken. Um, I have Mike Moranti on every other social. <laughs> All right. Well, so go follow Mike on TikTok at Mike.Moranti. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Hit us up with any recommendations for California. Um, we'll be back next episode to talk about the Fancy Food Show. And uh, let's grab some drinks if you're in uh, Los Angeles or San Francisco in uh, the, the middle of January. When are we going to be there? The 18th to the 21st at San Francisco, 21st to the 24th LA. All right. That's it. Bye. See ya. Foodie. Foodie. Foodie.